welcome to the Truth Be Told podcast. I am Marta Brummel, and by trade and training, I am a certified life coach with a psychology degree from the University of Notre Dame and a master's in clinical social work from the University of Michigan. I'm the mother of four children. I'm married to Craig Brummel, my favorite human, and I am the CEO of a private life coaching practice for young adults and parents. So the whole idea behind this podcast and these conversations is to learn how to navigate this human journey from the inside out by building a life skill set that allows each one of us to engage with this grand life adventure from a place of health, wellness, and confidence, and to create something beautiful by weaving in meaning and purpose along the way. I'm so glad you're here. Well, hello, dear ones, and welcome to episode number 13, The Power of Reparenting Ourselves. So one of my favorite Christmas gifts in 2020 was a book that my sweet husband gave me called Voicing Change, and it's by a gentleman named Rich Roll. He is someone that I came across in the last few years, and I'm not sure by recommendation or if I just stumbled across his podcast, but Right when I heard him and just kind of got familiar with his work and learned more and more about him, the more I resonated and thought, this guy is someone special. And I I glean a lot of good learnings from him. And he believes that meaningful conversation matters, which of course I am in agreement full and completely on that. It's he believes meaningful conversation is the antidote for what ails us, and it's the centerpiece to unlock the better self within, which of course I agree with as well, and I think that coaching is so much about a conversation at a time, along with implementation and doing the work, but it starts with conversation and meaningful conversation. So I think podcasts are a beautiful medium for conversation, and I believe that meaningful conversation along with conscious awareness and the willingness to reparent ourselves is the true source of healing and wellness in ourselves and in our families. So for those of you not familiar with what reparenting is, Reparenting is the act of giving yourself what you didn't receive as a child. So I want to just state up front that this by no means assumes that you did not have loving, good parents or that you had a miserable childhood. By far, this is not at all what I'm going going for, and it's quite the contrary. In fact, I think many people had good upbringings. I think many people were blessed with good parents. What I think is also true is that our parents are the walking wounded just like we, and as human beings, we come from where we do, and we are raised by often unconscious parents who don't have the awareness and the understanding and that sense of how best to see us, know us, and create a space for our authentic selves to come to root and to into being because we have agendas. We have these old tapes playing. We have this sense of what we believe we know is best. And we're also in process of trying to kind of parent ourselves probably and and just live our lives, and there's just a, a lack or inability to really meet those needs of our children. 
So it's rare, I think, for any of us to experience being seen, being known, and having the space created for us to be our absolute and true authentic selves. And that, again, you know, is not in any fault of our parents in terms of making them bad people. It just means this is what it is to kind of generationally pass along patterns and behaviors and, you know, ways of being that I think we have the ability to transcend by reparenting and then transcending generational patterns and creating something that's possible for our future generations that we never dreamed possible. So to me, this is the work of our lives, especially as adults. And uh, on today's uh, podcast, I'm going to talk about and share the four pillars of reparenting that I use in my coaching practice to help my clients on their journey of healing and reparenting themselves. But before doing so, I wanted to share a funny exchange I had with my 86-year-old mom. Today, she was asking me what I was working on, and I told her that I was working on a podcast episode. (laughs) She said, well, tell me what it's on. And I said, well, it's on the work of reparenting ourselves, mom. (laughs) And there was a pause and uh, I think an acknowledgement and sort of maybe kind of apology. And basically she said, well, I look forward to hearing it, doll. Just know that your dad and I did the best we could with what we knew. And it was a good life, Marta. And of course, God love her. She's right. She and my dad did do the best they could. And they loved us very well, as well as they possibly could. And they did it in a way that they knew best at the time. So yes, I was blessed with so much. And yet, I missed so much. But it's all good, right? This isn't about being a victim, And this isn't about growing, you know, in a way that is um, trying to badmouth our parents. This is about growing in conscious awareness of who we are and understanding the impact of our conditioning growing up and then how that informs our patterns, our behaviors, and our results. And that is the essence of our subconscious mind, which literally drives 95% of our days. So just good to know right? There was an interview that Ritual did with a gentleman named David Goggins, and he is best known for his superhuman feats of strength and ultra endurance. But I think what David's greatest accomplishment is that throughout his life, he faced and has overcome a myriad of seemingly insurmountable obstacles, like a lot of physical difficulties, asthma, sickle cell anemia, uh, congenital heart defect. He also had some psychological and physical abuse in his past. He struggled with obesity when he was young, and he had academic struggles, to name a few. So this young man, David, who now is in his 40s, but basically transformed pain into obsession and rose from a state of utter desperation to take complete ownership of his life and total command of his mind. And this helped him manifest a most extraordinary life. So as Rich Roll refers to him, David's an artist. His medium is his life. His message is that we all harbor a masterpiece within. And his example is that literally anything is possible. 
David basically reparented himself and committed to doing and being what he decided he wanted to do and be. And he did so with giving credence to his upbringing and then deciding what patterns and habits he wanted to shed and what he wanted to keep and then those he wanted to create to build his own masterpiece. So clearly I'm not saying that we are all David Gogginses, right, in this world, but I do believe that we are capable of creating our own masterpieces. And I think part of that is learning how to reparent ourselves so that we can transcend and we can overcome some of those things that are keeping us from that very masterpiece within. So as I often discuss with my clients, we have the opportunity and I believe the responsibility to be the artists of our own lives. And reparenting is a gift that we can give ourselves. So the work of adulthood is to learn to be the wise and loving parent to ourselves that we didn't have growing up. It's not about victimhood. It's about getting really honest with ourselves and embracing our vulnerability. It's about learning how to love and care for ourselves, understanding what that means, and then doing that very well. It's about strengthening our minds and understanding that we have the ability to manage our our minds versus our mind managing us. It's getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. And then it's honestly just preparing to get to know ourselves, our truth. So the four pillars of reparenting that I use are adapted from Dr. Perea. And many of the reasons that we were not taught these things in childhood is because our parents didn't know these things. They hadn't been modeled them for themselves, right? And so they didn't do these for themselves, and they certainly didn't model them for us. So, number one, the first pillar of reparenting is, number one, is self-care. This is about creating and keeping physical balance for our bodies. And, at the same time, being attuned to our sleep, our fuel, what we're putting in our bodies, our movement, our physical activity, and then our connection to nature. It's about creating new habits and patterns and behaviors through conscious awareness. And then learning what your needs are in the present moment while practicing new ways to meet those needs. And this might look like committing to movement each day for someone. Or it could mean taking space from others and seeking alone time each day. Or it could be just making a home-cooked meal, right? Every time we choose to honor our needs, we honor what we maybe didn't get when we were growing up. And those needs matter. They're important. And so we have the opportunity to do that and to fulfill those for ourselves as adults. Number two is emotional regulation. It's the ability to process emotions in healthy ways. And when we do this, my friends, It cultivates resiliency and flexibility. It requires us to focus on daily practices like noticing and grounding ourselves, focusing on our breathing, so doing breath work, doing self-check-ins, just checking in and saying, hey, how am I doing? What am I thinking? How am I feeling? What do I need right now? And then creating meditative practices to allow our nervous system to regulate which then allows us to process stressful emotional states. 
So it helps us navigate the highs and lows of our, our life. Meditation, my friends, develops a new relationship with our thinking minds. And this is key because our thinking minds and our thoughts contribute to our emotional experience. So as we meditate, we learn how to separate ourselves from our thoughts. We're just the human thinking those thoughts, right? We are not those thoughts. We are not our thoughts. And then we choose where to put our attention. This is what meditation teaches us. It translates the doing of both of these things, okay, and helps us do this on a daily basis. We learn to be more of the observer and watcher of our minds. And again, this helps us separate just enough that we don't make it so personal. And then we're able to focus our breath work, which ultimately helps us connect our mind to our body. The mind-body connection is real, my friends, and so very vital to our wellness. Number three is loving discipline. This is the practice of forming new habits and promises and setting boundaries and relationships. So it's showing up for ourselves. And when we show up for ourselves, guess what? We restore self-trust. So know that when we do not have our own backs and we don't follow through on our promises to ourselves, it translates to low self-worth. It is vital to have habit and ritual development on a day-to-day basis. It's like committing to a daily early morning wake-up, right? That practice alone creates a ritual which creates and growth in self-worth. So it's about promises to self and keeping those one intention, one small promise at a time. And by doing so, it teaches our brain and helps us to grow, okay? Self-worth is key. Number four is childlike play and wonder. And basically, this is asking yourself, what brings you joy? What brings me joy, right? Creating and finding joy in the present moment, being present, being spontaneous, and ultimately finding peace. So, Depending on your unique childhood experience, some of these reparenting pillars will be more difficult than others, okay? That probably makes sense to most of you. And for me, interesting, number four, childlike play and wonder, was one of the more difficult parts for me. So I didn't really learn that growing up. I don't remember ever really doing anything for pure joy, pure fun. It always felt like work to me where I just wasn't fully engaged, fully present. It always felt a little heavy. It was what was expected, or it was how I interpreted and probably metabolized growing up in my family. I was the youngest of five, and I just remember it was always about contribution, being a good human, doing good things, being thoughtful, being attuned to others, especially feelings, (laughs) completing the checklist, being disciplined and driven to succeed. Those were all things that were very core to my upbringing. And my four siblings probably have fairly different family narratives um, to mine. And that's all good. That's that's actually very normal, I think. Um, but I think we all had different ones based on our birth order, on our own DNAs, and our own unique experiences and interpretations based on that. 
Okay, so I'm sure there were many moments of joy and fun and play in our family, but I don't really remember them. They didn't really land for me in the same way. There was no real part of me that knew or even resonated with what brought me joy and wonder. And it has been, honestly, a process of seeing myself and my past self for where I was as well as having self-compassion to allow me to view joy and wonder in another way because it's it almost felt so foreign to me, which probably to some of you is really surprising. Um, but this is just something I wanted to share because I think it was really eye-opening for me. I also will say there are a million reasons why I am grateful that I married Craig Brummel, but one of them is his gift to bring levity into my world and into my being and joy to our day-to-day. He and the kids, our four children, do that, I think, very consistently, and it really helps me understand and cultivate and appreciate and just be more present and experience this very differently than I did growing up. So as I'm learning, joy is an emotional experience. It's really the product of spontaneity and play and creativity and being present. And that is not something I did well. I think I was always either past or future focused. And I think I was always attuned to my outside world, but not at all attuned to where I was and who I was inside and what I was feeling inside. So it's not something that I experienced on the regular within my home, this joy, right? This this creativity, this sense of presence. So for me, part of discovering joy is learning my own unique passions and interests. And this is something I've had to spend some time doing and connecting to. And I've had to relearn and kind of just relearn me in the process. So I can genuinely say years into this reparenting process for me, I am a different person. And I love who I am. I am also lighter and more joy-filled than I was when I was a child. So I wanted to share my client, Bradley, who is doing her own reparenting work. And there are five things that Bradley says she reminds herself to do on a daily basis to maintain her path and continue her healing journey and She shares this in her own words because I asked her to just consider being able to share this with the the podcast listeners. And these are her words. Number one, I remind myself to breathe. It's easy to become overwhelmed and reparenting is a process. It's not something that happens overnight and it's not something that happens over a couple of months. If I try to do too much of this work at once, I'll become overwhelmed and fall back into old patterns. So I follow the steps, and I do not try to do too much at one time. Number two, I've committed to keeping one small promise to myself every day. So I choose something that places me into a situation where I'll succeed. For example, my first promise to myself is to wake up early. I know with my work schedule and my kids' schedules that I could do this every single day. So I make my mug of coffee, and then I meditate for four minutes. She sets the timer on her phone. And then Bradley says, I journal for five minutes thereafter. There's no agenda to the journaling. It's almost like a stream of consciousness. I just write down everything that comes up for me in those five minutes. It's like a thought download, like a brain dump. 
It's my new daily practice, and it seems to center me and help me start my day with a self-check-in. Number three, I share my process with my husband because he is safe and free of judgment. I do not share what I'm doing with my parents because it's not necessary, and I think they might actually find it to be a little bit hurtful, and they might be a little defensive, and I don't care for that to be the case. They did the best they could with their level of awareness when in raising me, but I think they would become defensive if I talked about this. So reparenting is truly for me, and yet I also will admit it's really helpful to have my husband's support. Number four, my daily mantra is look up, Bradley, notice. What do I need right now? What am I feeling? What am I thinking? Am I doing okay? This is a mantra I use often. And as a child, I wasn't always given what I needed. But as an adult, I'm able to give what I need to myself. When I feel myself having strong emotions, I ask this question. Sometimes the answer for me is a glass of water. Other times it's to disconnect from my phone and with social media or go for a short walk. Sometimes it's asking my husband for a hug. I remind myself that it's okay if I don't have any clear answers. The mere practice of this is balm for my soul. I just continue asking each day. It's a practice of connecting with my intuition, and the longer I do this, the more answers that come. And number five, I celebrate when I show up. I was rarely recognized, celebrated, and seen for the unique and sensitive individual that I was. I was loved, but I don't feel like I was seen. So it's easy for me to quickly disregard the reality that I am showing up. Reparenting is difficult. It's truly soul work. I'm learning to acknowledge the courage it takes to own my progress and to celebrate the person that I am becoming. So Bradley beautifully illustrates what it means to be on this path of reparenting. It's a daily reminder that we have the opportunity and responsibility to practice meeting our own needs and honoring our own limits, and then unlearning the core beliefs about ourselves that we no longer hold true that we inherited. So reparenting, my friends, is a spiritual journey. It's a commitment to the highest acts of self-love. Most of us have been conditioned in homes where there are a lack of boundaries and a lack of awareness, self-awareness. And that was normal, okay? But as we heal, we get to begin to unlearn these normal behaviors. It's important to understand that just because something is normal from our families and how we grew up or socially accepted, it doesn't mean it's serving us. So be aware, pay attention to that. What is true for you? We can heal. We can reparent ourselves and unlearn the patterns that create our suffering and our inability to be truly free. So everyone is where they are on the journey, my friends, and some are more evolved than others. No one is any better than anyone else. We are all one. Reparenting, this is the work. By reparenting, you are transcending generational patterns. That in itself is incredible. And I remember learning this from my mentor, MJ. So powerful. You're breaking cycles. 
you're creating your own unique masterpiece. But remember, expect to be misunderstood when you're in this process of reparenting. Do it anyway. Confidence and wholeness are on the other side. Remember, it was not our parents' fault, right? It meant nothing about who they were as people or how much they loved us. They were doing the best they could with their level of awareness. And I always appreciate that knowing. Reparenting is our personal responsibility. Anyone can begin the process of reparenting themselves, but it takes time and commitment and patience. And guess what? There is no quick fix. So consider the four pillars as a good place to start. Those four reparenting pillars. And maybe go back and listen to what Bradley's done and how that's transformed her world and her experience and her being. It's going to require you to show up every day for yourself. But guess what? In the process, it will allow you to heal and to forgive. And ultimately, my friends, it helps you create your own masterpiece. So until next week, I send my love. Take care, guys. Having a life coach can sweeten the often messy and hard and awesome journey of being human. Do you have a life coach? And if not, I would be so privileged to be your coach. I have a private coaching practice for individuals and families where we work on getting to the heart of your struggles and paving a path forward that helps you create a life that you truly love. When you're prepared to take what you're learning on this podcast and implement the tools and techniques so that you experience profound and lasting results, then contact me at martabrummel.com and we can hit the ground running. I truly cannot wait to work with you.